0: Well, again, thank you for joining us this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn not to the book of Acts, where we're going to turn to Psalm 46, that passage that was just read on the screen. And today is a different day. We're going to do something a little different. Uh, we're going to go with plan B, all right? You ever have one of those moments you feel like our whole world is kind of going with plan B right now? And I felt like in the midst of this season that we are in, the Lord wanted to share a word with us and remind us of some truth that I think we need to be reminded of. Don't you know, even when we know something to be true, sometimes we need a reminder. And I feel like this morning is an opportunity for the Lord to remind us of something that perhaps we already know. And wherever you're joining us from this morning, I'm glad you're here. Those of you who are here, thank you for being here. And today we live in a season that I would say uh, is marked by a word, and the word is uncertainty. Uncertainty. And all across our city, all across our nation, all across our, uh, our world, really, there's, there's this great air of uncertainty as plans are canceled and events are canceled and travel is canceled and people are turned away uh, at the borders of certain places. We even talk of closing state borders. There's all sorts of things that are happening and there is uncertain times that we live in. And this morning, I'm here to remind you of this truth. That though our times may be uncertain, we do have a very certain hope. That we have a certain hope. That, that though the world may seem like it has turned upside down, we have a God who's still here. He's still ruling and reigning on the throne. He is still present and available for us right here and right now. And so this is what I want to talk about and spend our eyes looking at this morning And again, today we're going to pick up our story going through the book of Acts verse by verse next week, but today we're going to look and meditate on Psalm 46, because I believe that, uh, that there is so much chaos and so much noise that God is calling us to quiet ourselves that we could hear his whisper. And I believe that the whisper of the Lord this morning is this, be still and know that I am God. And that is an act of faith in a chaotic environment. It's an act of faith to pause and still ourselves and say, Lord, I want to fix my eyes on you, not on the things that I see all around me. So I want to pray before we even dive in. Would you bow your heads with me as we just just quiet ourselves before the Lord? Heavenly Father, right now, may we be still before you. God, where there's chaos and there's, there's all sorts of running around and franticness in our world. Lord, this morning we pause to be still before you. Because God, you are with us. And no matter what happens around us, when you are with us, we can find peace in the midst of the storm. We can find peace that will sustain us through any trial. So Lord, this morning, may you tune our ears to hear your whisper as we rest in your presence. Lord, we invite you to speak to us and to be with us here today and to speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 46, I want us to look at this psalm for a few minutes today, starting in verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Turn to the person next to you say, I'm not going to be afraid. We will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. I'm not going to be afraid. And this morning, I want you to hear the words of the Lord and hear this fresh reminder that something that, that for many of you, you already know, but maybe we need to be reminded of, that God is a very present help in time of need. God is a very present help in time of need. And there is a lot of need in our world today. There is a lot of need in our nation today. And what I believe the circumstances of of. of today are are revealing in our nation is that we are a people that are in need of hope, that we are a people that don't have a solid foundation on something that will hold us and sustain us through the storms of life. And for many of us, it's a reminder, but for some of us and some of our neighbors and some of our friends, it's a realization that our lives are not built on the solid foundation that God provides. And it's an opportunity for us to refound our lives on something more solid, to put our feet on that solid rock that will not move, though the world may shake, though the waves may come and crash, that we need to refound our lives on that which is solid. See, God is our very present help. He is with us. And it doesn't matter what circumstance of life you're in, uh, whether you're alone or you're surrounded by family, whether you've got family far away or near, I think in this season, we are living in a culture that is telling us for good reason, for medical reasons, that we need to socially distance ourselves from one another. And while there's something importance to keeping a safe distance and using wisdom, I believe that it left many of us feeling like we are all alone. And regardless of where we are, whether we live here in Simi Valley or we're in the the middle of nowhere, the truth of the matter is this, that God is with us. There's no place we can go from his presence. There's uh, There's no quarantine big enough to keep him out. God can get wherever you are and wherever you happen to find yourself, God is there. See, we live in a world that says touch has been canceled, right? Everything's been canceled. Sports events have been canceled. Uh, large things have been canceled. They say touch has been canceled. But I'll just tell you, somebody here needs a touch from God. Amen. And God's touch has not been canceled. Right. God says, I'm still available to touch those areas of brokenness in your life. And God's touch is always available. See, the, the, what the scripture declares... What the psalmist declares in Psalm 47, that the earth may give way, the mountains may crumble, the things of life and hell may rear its ugly head around us, but I will not fear. There's something powerful in those words. Though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, God is my very present help, therefore we will not fear. Fear. This is a powerful truth. See, the reality is this some of us do not realize that our lives have been enslaved by fear. And the Bible tells us very clearly that that fear itself is a form of slavery. You don't believe me? We're going to look at Hebrews 2, verse 14. It says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, God, Jesus, Likewise, partook in the same things. He came and he dwelled among us. And he experienced the things that we experience. That through death, he, Jesus, might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. See, Jesus came and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to what? Lifelong slavery. I don't think we recognize this, that our fear of death is a form of lifelong slavery. That as long as we live looming under that fear of death, that we are enslaved to it. And this is a reality that I think some of us need to recognize and become aware of the schemes of our enemy See, the fear of death is an enslaving and controlling much of our world. And as I say things like that, I don't want you to think, oh, that just means we should just be cavalier about our life and just throw it away. No, I'm not saying that. When you leave this place today and you get in your car, put on your seatbelt. That's wisdom, right? When 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 you go touch something out in public, go wash your hands like they tell you to do. There's some wisdom that comes with that. I'm not saying we should be cavalier with our health or cavalier with our lives. This is a gift of God. God's given us life. He's given us breath in our lungs. And so we should honor God by treating it with respect, by looking to the wisdom of this world where this world can provide wisdom that we need. We need to. But on the other hand, on the other hand, we must not be afraid. See, our world is is circling the drain, so to speak, with fear. Fear. And though we need to be aware of what's happening around us and, and, and be mindful of what the advice of doctors who are, who are doing their very best to try and understand what's going on, we must not allow fear to be a thing that enslaves us. Because God has set us free. He set us free from, from sin, but he's also set us free from the fear of death. And so as a follower of Jesus Christ, I don't got to be afraid anymore. Can I get a hallelujah? Come on. We don't have to be afraid of death any longer. See, the Bible tells us that for freedom, Christ has set us free. And sometimes we think that just means I'm set free from the power of sin, and that's true. But God says, I've also come to set you free from the power of your addiction and the power of your struggles, but also the power of your fear. Because fear, as Hebrews tells us, is something that enslaves us, the fear of death. And so God declares today to everyone that's listening, I've come to set you free, not just from your sin, but I want to set you free from your sin. But God would declare to us, I want to set you free from this lifelong slavery that you've been subjected to called the fear of death, that we need not be afraid of those things. See, God has given us security and peace in the midst of chaos and tumult, where where our world is just going all over the place and fearful, God says, I've given you peace that will sustain you. I was reading this week in Psalm chapter 91. Uh, By the way, as you have opportunity over the next couple of weeks, some of y'all just had your calendars free up, right? Maybe it got a little busier with the kids being around. I don't know, but but some of y'all had your calendars free up. Uh, Read through the Psalms. I've read through almost all of the Psalms this last week, and uh, I was reading in Psalm chapter 91. I want to read to you a couple verses from Psalm 91. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Don't you need a fortress in a season like this? Amen. He goes on in verse six, verse five, he says, you will not fear the terror Of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. The thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near to you. You will not only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague shall come near to your tent. I'm praying that prayer over you, brother and sister. I'm praying that the Lord would would put his hedge of protection around you. Because God is a God who is in control, even when we feel out of control. And so much of life is this struggle for me trying to gain a sense of control over my circumstances. And it causes me to do lots of fearful and foolish things. And if I will rely and trust that God is great, that he's in control, so I don't have to be. Man, it frees me. It frees me from so much anguish, so much uh, fear, so much of everything that, that we're dealing with. But God says, I am here to be a very present help in your time of need. Secondly, God has hope for us in the midst of our storm. We're gonna pick up the Psalm, Psalm 46, verse four. In fact, I'm gonna start with verse three. It says, though it's water's... Roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. See, friends, I want to just remind you of this truth that God has brought hope to us in the middle of the storm. And there are many in our world that feel like they're being rocked by the storm. Some people that are uh, having to cut off a of work, they're being uh, sent home early. There's things that are taking place. I don't know what the deal is with our toilet paper. Um, we laugh at it and we, we joke at it, but man, the, the shelves are empty and I don't know why. By the way, I, I meant to tell you, if you're watching on live stream, come to church. We've got toilet paper. Wow. No. We've got hand sanitizer. No. And coffee. We do have that. But the Bible says that there's many that are going to be moved by the things that happen, but we will not be moved. It says God is in the midst of, of, of her, the people of God, and she will she shall not be moved. Some of us need to take hold of that because God says, I want your life to be so firmly planted that the things may stream around you, the floodwaters might rise around you, but your life won't be moved. Your life will be founded on something firm, something secure, something that shall not be moved. see, the Bible says that we need not fear for God is with us. He is to us our fortress. Now, I want you just to picture in your mind's eye for just a moment a fortress. You can just imagine. I don't even have a picture. I just want you to imagine a fortress. Imagine there's a fortress of God, and God says, if you'll come to me, you're going to get to live inside the walls of that fortress. That the enemy's going to come, and he's going to come for you, but when he comes, you're going to be inside the walls of that fortress. God says, I want to be to you that fortress. That is a beautiful picture. See, Hebrews gives us another picture of what God wants to be for us. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 in the NASB, it says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus is entered as a forerunner for us. He tells us that hope, the hope we have in, the, in Jesus Christ and his saving work on the cross, It's like a steadfast and sure anchor for our souls. That the things of this world may come, that the waters may rage against us, the waves may push us, but we have a hope that anchors us, that keeps us secure, though the world is tossing to and fro by the waves of circumstance, the waves of media reports, the waves of calamity and destruction. God says, I want your life to be one that is anchored with a sure and steadfast anchor. We have this hope in Christ that is just that for us. Psalm 46, 8 continues, and it says this It says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. God's in control. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. And then God breaks in, as my wife so regularly says as she reads this psalm. God breaks into the psalm and speaks for himself where the psalmist has been speaking. And God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And then the psalmist continues with that same refrain, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. See, God has made all things. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. There are circumstances and things that happen in our lives that shock us, that catch me off guard, that make me say, "Ha! Huh? I didn't see that coming. But to God, the God who is outside the realm of time that, that knows the beginning and the end and every moment in between, to God, this is not something that caught him off guard. And God says, man, these things that seem like they're the biggest things in the world in front of you, if you'd stop fixing your eyes on them and you'd fix your eyes on me, if you'd look up to me, then I would give you peace to sustain you through the world and through the circumstances of this world, See, when God breaks into our story, and I don't think God breaks in, but but I just say that metaphorically. When God breaks into our story, he replaces our fear with his peace. He exchanges our chaos for his stillness. Those things that have been overcome and overwhelmed by the power of death and the work of our enemy, the adversary of our soul, where death has come, God breathes life. That's what God always does when he steps into a situation. He replaces fear with peace. See, the Bible declares that his perfect love expels or casts out all fear. So God replaces our fear with his peace and our chaos for his stillness. See, God's life comes when we will behold him. See, in our life, And especially in this season, we have access to more information than any generation before us. Right? How many pictures have you seen from your local Target this week on social media? How many pictures have you seen from Costco? And I've got a couple more for you. Here's a couple. This was was Target this week. There's another one for you. And it's so easy for us to fix our eyes on that and to start feeling worried, to start feeling frantic, To start feeling overwhelmed, like, oh my goodness, I have a hundred rolls of toilet paper, but I feel like suddenly I need to buy more, (laughs) because you're out. Suddenly I feel the urge to go buy some more, right? And it's so easy to fix our eyes on that which we don't have, or that problem that scares us, that's in front of us, that we forget to fix our eyes on heaven. That we forget to, to look up to God to look up to the king who is still seated on the throne. And God's life comes. What does it say? Come, behold the works of the Lord. He's reminding himself and he's reminding us that when those seasons come, when the waves start crashing around us and the world feels like, man, the mountains are gonna be thrown into the waves, right? I mean, that's a pretty big deal, right? The ocean's just eating up mountains. That sounds like a big problem. It'd be easier to be like, man, I want to just watch that video over and over on YouTube and on Facebook and just see what's happening. What does he say to do? He says, come. Don't behold those things. Behold the works of the Lord. And it's when we behold the works of the Lord that we're able to experience and hear the still small voice of God Almighty and we can hear him whisper to us, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. See, God says, there's so many people that are gonna look at the mountains crashing into the sea. They're gonna look at the empty shelves and say, oh my goodness. They're gonna look at the stock market and it's it's going up or it's going down. Oh my goodness, the world's gonna end. They're looking at those things and God says, if you will but fix your eyes on heaven, behold the glory of God, the works of the Lord, then you're gonna hear his voice. Then you're going to hear him, though the world is is hearing nothing but panic and chaos. God says, I want you to hear my voice. Be still and know that I'm God. He doesn't say, get up and get to work, you lazy bum. Does he? We want him to say that. Get up and go to Costco already. Stock up. No, he doesn't say that. He says, be still and know that I'm God. Because when the waves are crashing and the mountains are crumbling and the things of life are are happening and it seems like hell is winning, it's in those moments that we need to be still and know that he's God and know that I'm not. And that's okay. I don't need to be God because he's still on the throne. He's still in control. He's still still doing what he does. He's still doing his God stuff and I'm still doing my Brian stuff and that's okay. I don't need to do the God stuff. He's already got that under control. Be still and know that I'm God. I ask this question. I always like to ask questions. God, what are you doing? God, what do you want me to learn? God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? God, what is this season all about? And the question I wrote down and I want to ask you is what if God wanted to use this season as simply an opportunity to get you still before him. Some of y'all don't have work this week. Some of y'all are worried about it. What if this was an opportunity to be still and know that he's God? What if this was an opportunity for God's church to truly rest? I having this conversation with several of you this week. See, God's people were given the commission, the command, to take a day of rest every week. To take a day that they called a day of Sabbath every week, to rest, to do no work, to just be with God, to hear His voice. And then on top of that, they had this crazy idea that every seven years, you're supposed to take a year of Sabbath. What a crazy idea. What if God says this season would be a season that His people could really and truly rest? To just be still. And I look across our nation and our people are freaking out. People in the church, people outside the church, they're freaking out. We have to rest, oh my gosh! Two weeks of rest in my house. I'm gonna kill my children. No, <laughs> but i kill my wife. No, 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 don't do that. But they're like, how am I supposed to rest? How amazing would it be if for a moment in time we could turn off the noise? Maybe even turn off the TV even log out of that facebook not not while you're watching now but later <laughs> but turn those things off and say lord i just want to be still with you i just want to be still and know that you are god see what if we saw this not as a setback for our nation not as a setback for the many things that are being canceled and left behind and rescheduled. But what if instead of seeing this as a setback, we saw this as a setup from heaven? We said, God, this isn't a setback, it's a setup. God, you're not not destroying things, you're setting me up for something even greater. God, what if your people who are called by your name would humble themselves and seek your face in this season, a season of, of not even optional rest, but a season of, of deliberate and intentional rest, what if in this season, a season when many Christians around the world are praying for the Easter season, the day that we call Easter or Resurrection Sunday, what would happen if God's people would have a little bit more time to seek Him? See, I'm praying that the Lord's gonna use this situation, the situation that we all look at and say, this is bad! And we're gonna look back and say, God, that was the greatest movement that you ever did. It started in that moment when all people, God's people and even the people that don't know you yet, God said, we're gonna stop and we're gonna rest and we're gonna quarantine ourselves. Because that was the moment that you spoke. You spoke to the nations. You spoke to your people. It's the moment you did those things. What if would happen if we used our isolation not as a punishment, but as an opportunity to seek God like we've never sought him before? What if we saw this as an opportunity not just to be fearful and focused on our problems and focused down on the things in front of us, but we fixed our eyes and said, Lord, I want to pray for my nation like I've never prayed for it before. I want to pray for my state like I've never prayed for it before. God, I want to pray for my city and my church and even those churches that are all around our city. God, would you do a mighty work that the harvest would be greatly reaped as a result of this thing? See, I'm praying that God does a mighty work. And I believe that as God's people, if we'll contend for a mighty move of God, he'll show up. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. And so in the the grand scheme of things, when I look at school closings and I look at events being canceled, I'm not excited about those. I'm not excited, Jim, you don't get to watch your sports. I'm not excited about that, but I'm thankful that God is going to do something in this season spectacular. Amen. And that's going to happen as God's people stand up and say, Lord, you've sent me to be a light in a dark place where my world is, they're, they're gripped and enslaved to the fear of death. God, I don't have that fear. So I can be a light in a dark place. I'm not going to be foolish. I'm not going to be dumb. I'm not going to go out there driving without my seatbelt kind of thing, you know, but God, I'm going to be wise and yet I'm not going to be afraid. And Lord, I pray that you'd use us to be a bright and shining light, a beacon of hope, a shining city on a hill to a world in need. He says, be still and know that I'm God. See, when God breaks in, he replaces our fear with his peace. Some of y'all need that today in your own life. Some of you know someone in their life, they need their fear to be replaced with the peace of God. And that is what God offers to us. He replaces our fear with his peace. Philippians 4, 5 says this. Some of y'all are familiar with this verse. Some of y'all got this memorized. It says, the Lord is at hand. Say, God's here. God's here. here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what's going to happen? And the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God says, Don't worry about it, pray about it. Don't worry about it, pray about it. Don't be anxious about the things that are taking place. Seek God. You ain't, you're not God. I, I hate to break it to you, but you and I were not God. So when we're anxious, the Lord says, Pray about it. Bring those things to me. Again, those of you at home or those of you here and you need someone to be in your corner to, to pray with you, we've got that great text messaging thing. You can text your prayer to the number that should be on the screen. Ready, go. <laughs> there it is. You can text prayer to that number and we'd love to pray with you because, you know, Sunday's once a week. We'd love to get your prayer requests on your Connect cards but maybe you got a need. Maybe you got a neighbor that's sick. Maybe you got a neighbor that's, that's struggling. Maybe you got a neighbor that's shut in. Maybe you got something going on. And by the way, if that's you or that's your neighbor or that's your friend, let's go and help. Let's be a resource where we can be a resource. Let's bring some groceries to those that are quarantined and in help. Let's do what we can where we can. But we want to pray with you and for you because God says, don't worry about it. Pray about it because God says, I want to exchange the chaos of your life for my stillness. I wanna read it one last time. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. See, God wants to breathe life into those dead places. Those places where, uh, where men and women have been enslaved They've been enslaved to the things of sin. They've been enslaved to the the fear of death. God says, I want to bring freedom to those places. Those places where death is ruling and reigning, I want to bring life and life abundantly. Where the enemy has, has come to steal and kill and destroy from your life, God says, I came to bring life and life abundantly. This is the promise of Almighty God i want to read Philippians 4 one last time, and then I want to pray over each one of us. Philippians 4 says, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you We thank you, Almighty God, that you are a God who meets us when we're anxious, when we're afraid, when we're fearful. That you offer to us this offer to come to you when we're weary, to come to you when we're overcome, to bring to you that which is causing us to be anxious and to surrender it to you. And you offer in exchange your peace. Today, I believe God wants to be to you a very present help in time of need. Father, we thank you. This morning, we've got brothers and sisters among us, some that are joining us, that are in need of the peace of God. And the promise is that you'll guard our hearts and minds like a mighty fortress. And Lord, today, Maybe we're in need of a touch from you. God of heaven, we invite you to meet us. God, we invite you to heal us. God, if there's someone in the house today or someone at home today that's in need of healing, we say, Lord, we believe that you're the same God today as you were yesterday. That the same one who healed the sick can heal the sick today. So Lord, if we're in need of healing, I say healing in Jesus' name. And for some of us, we just need a, we need the peace of God where our world is not at peace. Lord, would you give us your peace? Let us for just a moment be still before God. Right where you're at, can we just quiet ourselves for just a moment to just be still and know that He's God. We thank you. We thank you that you are still in control. When our world feels out of control, sometimes the circumstances of our own lives feels out of control. God, we thank you that you are in control. Lord, would you found our lives or refound our lives on the solid rock that is you, Jesus? God, you say you want our lives to be solid, to be unmoved, unshaken by the storms of life. Lord, I pray today that you'd help us to set our feet on that solid rock, the rock which is higher than we are. Lord, that our lives might be founded on that rock, that you would be a refuge to us, a mighty fortress, something that would sustain us and keep us from being shaken. God, I pray that today you would replace our fear with your peace, that you'd set us free from that lifelong slavery to the fear of death. And Lord, I pray today that as we go from this place back into the world that you've called us to be part of, Lord, as we go back to our streets, as we go out to Costco and Target and all the places, Lord, may we be a bright and shining light, not controlled by fear, But Lord, may we go with the peace of God, which sustains us. We exchange the chaos of this world for your stillness. And Lord, last but not least, we pray, Lord, where death is ruling and reigning, where hell seems to be rearing its ugly head, we say, Lord, would you bring life? Lord, because we know that your perfect love casts out all fear. And so Lord, we pray that over, I pray that over all my brothers and sisters today. I pray that over the church in Simi Valley and the church in California and all across our nation today, would you equip the saints for the work of ministry that you're sending them to go into as all of the nation waits with bated breath. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself through your church. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who is a very present help in time of need. Today, we look to you, Father. And finally, with every head still bowed and eyes still closed, perhaps you're here within the sound of my voice, and you've never made the first step of faith, you've never put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ. See, Jesus came to set you free. Yes, from fear, but also from the power of sin at work in your life. He came and died in your place for your sins. So with every head bowed and eye closed, if you're here within the sound of my voice, and you've never made that first step of faith, you've never said yes to the love of Jesus Christ, I wanna invite you to make that decision right now. In just a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer, and I wanna agree with you if that's you today. So with every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you, would you just look up at me, let our eyes meet so I can agree with you in prayer. If that's you right now, with every head bowed and eye closed, would you just look up? and me. Thank you Lord. God bless you. Anyone else, you say that's me today. I want to say yes to the free love of Jesus Christ. Thank you. I see your eyes. God bless you. Church, can we repeat this prayer with those who may be praying it for the first time? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I thank you for dying on the cross in my place for my sins I ask you into my life, and I ask you to give me the gift of eternal life. Jesus, I want to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate?